morning. Welcome to the We Are Driven podcast, where we motivate and equip you with the tools to succeed in your pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. That's an interesting sounding intro. We'll see how it continues on. This is episode 42. My name is Arun Kumar, and I am the driver, and I'm here with my co-host, Dan LaRue. How are you, Dan? I'm doing great. Uh, according to our outline, uh, I apparently just bought a Raptor and a TRX, and we're going to go drag race them. Uh, it's completely just, you know, some filler room put in there, but that's okay. Uh, I wouldn't have bought a TRX anyway. <laughs> it's a little big. So who would win in your drag race between a Raptor and a Raptor? Oh, that'd be tough. That'd be tough. Uh, probably the Raptor. I think so. One <laughs> of the Raptors would have radials that are 13 inches wide, but only on the front. Jesus. That'd, that'd look nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be dumb. Yeah. It might cause more drag. And they're, like, well, they're not at the right tire pressure. Yeah. Well, I mean, if uh, Garrett over the last few days, Cleus McFarlane, he's he's been out drifting his. I saw and that. He, and he put a set of like tiny Nitto 555Rs on the rear of his. <laughs> and then left, left his like stock 35s up front. And it looked so dumb. Oh, God. But hey, you know what? He's having fun with his truck. And, you know, if, if uh, Ford can turn that GM boy into a fan they're doing some right you know that's a good point yeah can't complain there he's gonna have like a new mustang before we know it yeah he's already got one that he doesn't drive but he has an old mustang right or does he have a new? he's mustang? got like a 13 14 model year that's just a drift car got like an illuminator in it ah yeah yeah it's pretty nasty okay Oh, yeah, I think I've seen a picture. Of that. Right, anyways, anyways, do you have a fun fact for us? I, you know, I was having some uh, some difficulties finding some good, like quality, fun stuff out there this morning. Um, but I do have a fun fact that could be a little not fun, depending on how you look at it as an industry as a whole. Uh, but uh, used car prices fell 4.2% in June, which is the biggest biggest jump since COVID. And uh, we're about almost to like the midway point uh, where it was in like beginning of 2020. Um, hmm. So it's, it's good in the sense of used car prices are coming down, uh, becoming more affordable, which tells you inflation may be coming down a little bit. Uh, but the bad side of it is, is now you've got outstanding loans on cars that are not going to be worth <laughs> what they should be. And banks could be calling in loans on them. And uh, that could cause um, a car crisis like happened with the housing crisis. You know, same, same sort of. You of, mean uh, a bubble on. Yes. Car values. Yeah. yeah. Well, OK, so. Which could cause a problem. So. In connection with that, interestingly, I bet the prevalence of gap insurance is at an all-time high as well. Oh, absolutely. That's kind of irrelevant to what I was about to say, but I was reading an email from one of my coworkers this morning that said insurances are lowering the percent of value of a car that they need to get on a body shop quote in order to total it. I don't know if that makes total sense. Basically the number now for certain makes is 30%. So if to they total. identify, yeah, if they yeah. identify at least 30% of value in a car that is going to be needed to, to spend in order to repair it, they just total it. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Um, because you'd never get the value out of it after repairing it ever. You just I mean, mean diminished value? Yeah. I I mean, if the if you'll probably lose more than 30% if you get in a wreck. So depending on well, bad it is. Yeah, depending on the wreck. Some cars yeah. I don't think that's a big of an issue, but yeah. The point is well, my car, I'd I'd be crushed. Like if I if I got in 
any sort of accident in my car and it showed up on a Carfax, the value of my Audi would tank be over. I feel like that's just a car that depreciates pretty hard anyway. It's not it's not right now though. It's really? it's been stable for 2 years, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, and and I think where this really becomes a factor is manufacturers are very efficient with their components. They get them really cheap, but in the aftermarket, they're not cheap. Nope. So if you want to replace a sensor that may have cost the manufacturer 20 bucks, it's going to be $200 plus labor. And that is what makes it such that cars are so much more expensive to repair than, and the price of repairs is going up pretty much faster than the price of cars. Yeah. I mean, for a, a good example is uh, the Rivian. Like if you get yeah. if you get in any sort of like rear end accident in that yeah. thing, one you're out your Rivian for like a year, and the insurance quote on it's like forty grand. Yep, I remember it's that. A, it's insane, isn't it? Part of the roof, the, uh, like yeah. The like, rear bumper is connected to the roof somehow. It's like this crazy unibody contraption thing. Like I, I don't understand why they thought that was a good idea, and then to release it with no way to fix it. This doesn't yeah. make any sense. That's painful. That's it. You know, manufacturers need to think about all of that when they're building cars. And it's, it could be so simple. I don't think you need all the technology in cars today to win over most buyers. No, I'd be they happy keep doing less. it. Yeah. They just keep doing it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think most people are just think they still think of a car as A to B. We have a, a brand yeah. new Tesla. We don't use 90% of the technology features on there. I've played it, the games in there once. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, and a Tesla is all gimmick anyway. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but the only time I, well, and so this may be part of the point. The only time I played the games in there was when my nephew had a friend over that was a couple years older, or, you know, sort of my brother and sister-in-law's friend had a kid that was a few years older than my nephew. So this kid was like five or yeah, five, let's say. And he was so excited to learn that we had a Tesla and he, he begged us to go and play the games in it. (laughs) So we let him and it was the only time I've ever seen them. And he was all about it. And I was thinking, you know, this is Mario Kart and I don't want to play Mario Kart in my car. (laughs) Right, right. I think the only thing I'd want to do with a Tesla would be on an X and then to do party mode where it takes <laughs> out the wings and it flaps. Yeah, that's only <laughs> yeah. Only if you have an X. Yeah. If you have a Model 3, you can't do that. <laughs> no. Well, OK, so. All hypothesizing about Tesla and used car prices aside. If you like what you hear here. Go ahead and share the podcast. Leave a review. Let us know how we're doing. We've gotten a few more reviews. So we're up to... We've, we've got over a four star now on both platforms that we, we are currently on. Apple Heck and Spotify. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you to the five people now that have rated us on Spotify. Grateful to every last one of you. And if you are one of those people... Or if you're not and you enjoy listening to the podcast and you found us from Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram or somehow organic suggestions through the podcast algorithm, that'd be cool someday. Tell other people about the podcast if you like it. And you should specifically tell your car club, your gym buddies and your co-founders or your co-workers or your Uber drivers. I think the next door neighbor. They're car people, right? Uber drivers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And really that's that's how we're gonna continue to grow the driven mindset, get more people into this community. And and the bigger this community is, the stronger we'll all get because of it. So keep that in mind as you're hesitating, suggesting this to other people. You bring other people into the fold here, you're going to get better because of it. 
Now, I want to bring your attention to a fact. This is definitely, definitely not a fun fact. No, it is not. And it kind of goes against what I just said, which is if you if you see and identify with strong personal development messaging, it is imperative that you bring others into it because according to the Harvard Crimson, which generally not a source I would trust or go to very much. It's the the student-run school newspaper for Harvard. They had an article released back in April of this year that said a survey of 2,000 people under the age of 30 in the U.S. 55% of them were anxious, self-described as anxious, several days of the past two weeks, and 47% exhibited depression several days of the last two weeks. And this is results based on a pretty standardized mental health survey that we all might be familiar with that basically says, it, it asks you, how frequently in the last two weeks have you experienced dot, 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 nervousness, anxiety, feeling on edge, feeling down, feeling depressed, feeling like you can't get out of bed, having no appetite. And it kind of goes down that list of different symptoms of mental health issues. Now, those were some big ass numbers that I just said. And it's, it scares me. A lot because that's my demographic. Not for much longer. I had to face that <laughs> right, reality yeah, recently. Right? I'm close to. I'm close <laughs> yeah, to. I not got a year and a half to go. <laughs> yeah, same. But it's it's interesting to think about. You know, those around our age and younger who are clearly really struggling mentally. And I did a little bit of digging to see if these kind of results were available from a decade ago or two decades ago. There were some mixed data out there, but I found is around half, like 26% of Americans under 30 felt this way in the year 2000. That, that makes some sense. I think I I was just going (laughs) to, I mean, I was just going to say, I'd be really curious to look at the data to see how that's grown since like 1980. Uh, but but I would I would guess that's probably pretty accurate for the early 2000s, if I had to guess. But you would say that since the 80s, you think it there might have been another doubling in that time? I, I would have, if I had to guess, and this is just me literally guessing, I bet it's a pretty steep curve up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would guess. I would bet from 1980, it's it was probably fairly low and then ramped up pretty hard towards the late 90s. So what happened in that time period? The internet. Hmm. And then what happened in the last 20 years, you think? More internet, less going <laughs> outside. <laughs> I, I, I contribute all of our mental health issues and uh, socializing issues in the U.S., comes down to one thing and i think it's literally the implementation of the internet and how much we use it how much we don't leave our houses how much we don't socialize with actual people uh how you know the virtual reality stuff isn't teaching people how to deal with their problems correctly yeah virtual reality actually scares me probably more than ai more than autonomous vehicles more than all that world virtual reality Mm -hmm. is not just potentially a tool that can outsmart humans like ai could be like that's the risk really is that you're saying you're going to teach something to teach itself with all the resources in the world that no human could ever assimilate we're going to lose fast if we let that happen Virtual reality goes one step further and it not only augments other technology above humans, but it also 
beats down humans and puts us into a, a non-existent screen world built in technology. That's not what an organic being is designed to do. Right. <laughs> at all. And yeah, I think today we're we're not necessarily talking about how to socialize. And actually, you know, you and I were talking yesterday on the Driven Network call about the fact that one of the other members was asking, you know, how do you start a conversation with people at a car meet? And my response was, I'm not very good at it. I've, I've done it. I've done it a lot. I've, I've been a conversation starter. I can do it. It is awkward for me. I'm not good at rolling off the tongue with whatever sort of funny quips or jokes or talking about other people. I do struggle with that. And I know that's a skill I need to, to get better at. Um, yeah, you, you're, you're not going up to the, to the tricked out Honda guy and going, Hey, can you tell me what's done done to the lawnmower? I, I want to know. <laughs> well, I, no, and that's the thing is I can do that. But the problem, I've run into this a lot. You go up to somebody at a car show, and this is internet seeping into reality. You go up to somebody at a car meet, not a car show. Sorry. So like parking lot, Saturday morning, anybody can show up and par- pull up in this parking lot and it's usually in around here it'll be a movie theater parking lot or something like that Mm -hmm. so it's pretty much empty apart from the cool modified cars that you see there but you pull up and you know my m3 is not that modified but i can be proud of it and i get out of it and i'm you know happy with the paint job and the wheels and the stance and i think it looks cool but that's about all that's about all it has going for it is paint job PPF wheel stance. And yeah, it works for me. It's sufficient. But then I'll go up to somebody and I'll say, what's done to this? To your, I don't know. There's one car in particular I'm thinking of. It's a <laughs> F- F10-528i BMW that goes to a lot of car meets. But the guy will park in the back corner and he doesn't want to talk about his car because he's not done anything to it or he's he's put a stripe on the trunk uh okay and you know you just want to talk to somebody so you go up to them and say hey what's done to this and they're like oh nothing where do you go from there (laughs) uh yeah well okay (laughs) all right you know when they go that route and i used to be this person that would park in the back of the car show is it when they say nothing, you go, okay, that's cool. Like stock's fine. Do you have any plans to do anything to it? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you want to do with your car? What, why, why do you like your car? You know, you can, you can start <laughs> doing follow-up questions from there, yeah. but you know, you, you having keep that a conversation with that person can get them more into the car scene where they're not parking in the back corner. True. And they could True. end up being your best friend. Yeah, very true. And then, so one last point on this is is that you will see people who do nothing at car shows besides hang out with the people they came with. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess you're, you're socializing, technically. Been there, um, done that too. Yeah. I've never been that. I've never had that kind of a group. Yeah. So I can't relate necessarily. I would just say that also is kind of antisocial behavior because it's probably people that you are spending time with because you you feel you have to. I mean, maybe not. You know, I'm thinking about your story and, and I know that's not the case for the people that you might have been pulling up with. But if you feel like you have to, they're just the people that happen to be around and you've got drama and you don't like some of them. and yeah it's not perfect but that that is part of life i think we're tribal people that that's why like i'm so fortunate to be a judge for the ice cream cruise because like i can just (laughs) have to meet everyone yeah yeah i I literally have to talk to everybody that's cool yeah (laughs) so like it's like if there's an interesting car like i have to go up and talk to them ask them what's going on you know what 
what's done to the car and whatnot and decide like is this a top 50 right that's like cool. you, like you get the whole whole story of why they did it yeah so okay. that, that that's taught me how to how to socialize and sure get out there yeah well okay so we're maybe unique not unique but more on the rare side as people who have put ourselves out there with the necessity to socialize in one way or another uh for me it's a lot of business networking for you it's a lot of car related events where it's very easy to strike up a conversation with somebody because they're almost expecting it but in general people don't learn the skills to socialize which also means one of the keys to socializing is that you kind of handle yourself you you kind of understand that in order to function in society you can't just be a ball of emotion you can't just ramble about yourself you kind of have to shower and put clothes on and handle your life but you get a lot of people that can't even do that anymore i see so many people walking out of their house in pajamas it's crazy yeah it's it's crazy it it, what a heather is like things with me is like if i was leaving the house like late at night let's say eight o'clock just to go grab some taco bell and i was already in my sweatpants i'd go change into shorts or <laughs> jeans and she goes what are you doing you're just going through the drive through i'm like i can't do it i can't <laughs> go out in public like what like what if my tire goes flat like mm. i got to be prepared for this like yeah. i'm not like she goes you're insane like no i just can't go out in my pajamas yeah yeah so that's a survival instinct but as we're talking about this article from from Harvard, it's not just a survival instinct. It's the need to socialize with people. Mm-hmm. And I think a huge, huge deficiency in people these days is, for one, you have to be, you have to be self-sufficient. So that, that goes back to what we just said. But in order to want to be self-sufficient, you have to have the right mindset to even get there. Mm-hmm. So th- this article, I'm just going to harp on it a bit longer. It go to, goes into, and this is a quote, Gen Z are upset with the gov- their government because they aren't doing enough about climate change and they don't have confidence in the Supreme Court to do the right thing. So, so rather than thinking about how can I survive in the world, and these are mostly Harvard students. So these are people who have already achieved a lot in their lives individually to get there. They had to sit in the room and take the SATs and get a certain score and sit in the classrooms and get a good enough GPA to get to Harvard and write these amazing application essays and have insane resumes, but they're not doing it for themselves for one. And so then when it comes time to think about your life, they're still anxious, they're still depressed. And then they think they're victims of the powers that be. And the powers that be don't want you to socialize. They don't want you to be self-sufficient. And they don't want you to even think about your mindset. Which in and of itself sounds like this super fluffy thing. But is so not. And it's so important. It's so important, in fact, that the title of this episode is Your Mindset is Everything. And we're (laughs) fully getting here. (laughs) So I think people know this. People know that mindset is important. But what they don't do is believe that they can actually do something about their mindset. And everybody's heard the quotes 
from motivational videos or that empowering speaker you once heard, the keynote speaker of some event you went to, some hype person. They exist. They're out there. You've seen them. And we've talked about them in pretty much every episode, so I'm not going to start rattling names off again. (laughs) They will tell you, they will empower you to believe that you can do anything and that you can take control of your life and that you can make a difference in yourself. And so many people will immediately write it off. No, that's not true. My circumstances dictate that I'm stuck in this job. No, that's not true. I'm always going to be overweight. I don't believe that. Me either. And and even if you don't immediately write it off, and this was me, you watch one of these motivational videos on YouTube, you get hyped. You watch Never Back Down, the movie about this scrappy kid that learns MMA and becomes a world champion or something. I can't remember. Something like that. I haven't seen that one in a while. Yeah. Some old, old Netflix. Yeah. (laughs) You find those kind of people or that kind of story where you get all inspired. You get inspired for a week or a day and you watch this thing and you immediately start doing push-ups, or you book that coaching call tomorrow or you set up time with your boss to talk about a raise prep your meals for a week prep your meals you, yeah you go to the grocery store you're all hyped but then it dies the momentum dies and Nothing actually happened other than you talked yourself out of it. But you talked yourself out of it and maybe something happened. Maybe it's some bad thing happened that gave you a speed bump in life and you flew off the handle or you got depressed. You reacted poorly to that thing. Well, you can choose how you react to things also. So... That was some rambling to basically outline two quotes. Really common, really well-repeated, (laughs) well-aged mindset quotes that you hear a lot of and that a lot of people will write off. The first one, actually just to take one step back, the point of the rest of this podcast is just going to be to, to discuss these couple of quotes and address how real mindset is when it comes to the effectiveness of these quotes and how powerful your mindset can be. So the first one, believe you can do anything. You'll hear this from from people all the time that, you know, if you really break it down into little bite-sized pieces, you'll see that the way in which people achieve amazing things is through a lot of little actions and everybody can conceive and achieve little actions. So it doesn't mean that you just think you're a superhero that's going to snap your fingers and become an astronaut tomorrow. Dang it. Is that what you wanted? I mean, I still dream about going to Mars. I even might though be Heather a genie. Will let me. She'll never let you. <laughs> yeah. What if they get oxygen on Mars? Oh, I I would go in a heartbeat. I'd go to space. I'd go anywhere in space right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Send me up around. <laughs> well, I can't just snap my fingers, unfortunately, and I don't think no. anybody can. No. But here's what I mean by you can really do anything. Like I just said, Any gigantic goal that you can conceive can be broken down into a million little tasks. And so what it really means to believe that you can do anything is to believe that you can persist and adapt through all of those millions of little tasks in order to achieve what you want. 
And that's all it is. If you have enough persistence and adaptability, you can do anything. And I'm only speaking as someone who's achieved a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm speaking as somebody who's achieved a little bit despite not having the belief at first that I could achieve these things. But we broke it down in my head and I just started doing stuff and now here I am and I've, I'm starting to build up achievement because I just kept taking action that I believed needed to be taken. Persistence and adaptability is, is what works. It isn't you're, you're a genius and you know the right thing to do. It's that you fail enough times do you figure out the right thing to do. It's that when you fail, you actually take the time to figure out what the right thing to do is. So if you think you're going to be overweight forever, it's because you just don't believe you're persistent enough to keep trying different diet and exercise methods until you find the one that works. And you don't believe you're adaptable enough to really adhere to differences and changes in those diets until you find the one that works. And I believe that you can do it. I believe you can lose weight and get healthy, that you can lower your risk for pretty much every single disease out there, especially COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. We're not going down that rabbit hole, are we? (laughs) If you, okay, so no, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) Put it, we'll stop there. If you think you'll never own a cool car, whatever cool car you want. I always talk about Lamborghinis. And there was a time in my life when I never thought I would own a Lamborghini. Today, I could afford a Lamborghini. Like right now, I could go buy one. That's really cool to think about, actually. Are you talking about the tractor or an actual car? Yeah, so I went on Auto Tempest. (laughs) And if you search up Lamborghinis and then sort by lowest price, mm-hmm. you'll first get about twenty forty thousand dollar tractors. I bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> but then you get a ninety thousand dollar Gallardo. That's not bad. What's the mileage like on that? I think it was forty something thousand. Okay, kind of right. high. But yeah, I can make that work. <laughs> Ninety grand is not that bad. No, it's not. It's it's pretty achievable for most people when you think that a Super Duty is also 90 grand. <laughs> yeah, or more. Or more. But, I mean, the Yardo is not my favorite Lamborghini, but if I had to settle, I could afford that. Well, and the point is, is you could do that like now. It, right. Or soon. You know, it would take a little bit of financial planning for most people listening to this podcast to to buy a Lamborghini. I don't it would not the, take much. I don't want to know what the insurance or interest rate would be on a on a used Lambo right now. I got an unsecured car loan at five and a half percent. Oh, that ain't bad. Okay. Yeah. And now I think it would probably be like eight percent. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Not that bad. It's manageable. It's manageable. Oh, totally. Yeah. So anyways, if you can't, if you, if you think you'll never own a Lamborghini, it's because you're not adaptable enough to think creatively about how to achieve it. And you're not persistent enough in saving. You're not persistent enough in earning more money. We're not saying it'd be responsible for everybody to go. I don't want to, I'm not going to blow a hundred grand on a Gallardo right now. That'd be terrible. (laughs) <laughs> but I could, and I believe that I can do more. I'm looking at my my own little camera feed here as we're recording, and I can see that Murcielago behind me, the little model one. Mm-hmm. And and it it's just watching me. It's watching <laughs> me earn it <laughs> every day. <sighs> yeah. It, it wouldn't be responsible to go do that right now, but you can achieve it. And you can, you're just persisting and adapting to get there. It's not, you're not doing anything magic. 
And then the last little example here, you want to get promoted, but you don't think your boss will ever let you, or you want to get a raise, or you want to become a manager in your company and you never think you'll get there. That's because you're not trying. You're not persistently building relationships with the people who will decide to promote you. You're not building your skill set. You're not adapting your skill set to become more valuable to your company. You can. There are books. There is Google. There are more people whose hands you can shake. If you go into work in person, which you should do, and I <laughs> posted about this on today's motivational message, just throw the ad in there like that. I like it. Um, yeah, and <laughs> and to be honest with you, on this topic specifically, uh, Heather just went through a job change at Mutual of Omaha, and she spent six months just casually trying to network outside of her own department bubble yep. virtually, <laughs> which is insane. And, and like she, she found this new gig in brokerage and she's super happy now, like loves it. But like, she really took the time to put herself out there and just, just apply and talk to people, talk to management. And, uh, she initially got denied. Hmm right off the persistence bat. i hear <laughs> and and so she she hit back to hr and asked why why did i get denied and told her, well you asked a little little bit too much and she goes well let's have an interview let's talk about it and they did and they're like if we could have hired you for the senior position right now we would have done it so like she was te she's technically overqualified now for where she's at sure, but they, yeah. they didn't have the the slot for her right so yeah, you just have to put yourself out there and, you know, keep trying and talk to people and you will get promoted or hired wherever you want to go. Um, you know, and then on the other side of the token, she's dealing with an old coworker who's like, why can't I get, you know, a job like this? And Heather goes, well, have you been networking for six <laughs> months? Have you worked for it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she's a, she's an insane testament. I don't know how she did it all virtually. It's crazy to me. That's kind of how my, I mean, my whole company is virtual and, and it, everybody is just very ruthless with emails and no, that's really I, I the only imagine. way to do it. Emails and, and video calls. It's yeah, not ideal, but it's what we do. Yeah, that's how she was. Yeah. She was video calls, teams, emails. Yep. yep. Proud of her though. Me too. She, Good job. She Heather. was, she was determined job. for that. Yeah. <laughs> So let Heather be an example, everyone. Believe that you can do anything. Now she just has to get promoted. <laughs> well, she's got to wait six months per like department rules or something like yeah, that. Yeah, in there. But yeah, that that is persistence and adaptability showing right there. Now the next quote, mindset quote that people will write off very quickly is you choose how you react to things. You choose how you react to things. Now, I believe that when I understood this for myself and I really started trusting that I could do this, it changed my life. It became, it was a complete life hack to be able to say, I choose how I'm reacting to this. Do I want to be angry? Do I want to be sad? Do I want to be happy? And then just saying, okay, this is the way I'm going to react to this. So is this you? Is this you who flies off the handle when somebody cuts you off on the road? You get frustrated when your spouse does that thing that you don't like. You get disappointed when you're given bad news you get impatient waiting in line Ugh, waiting in line Some, well sometimes 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 yeah depends where it is and nobody's perfect no and i still fit into all of these categories or i wouldn't have been able to put them on this list <laughs> right yeah i i'm, I'm in I, the same boat i wouldn't have been able to think about them 
Well, this is for you and me and you, Dan. All of us. Good. Now, you've probably heard that before. Good. And it, it comes from Jocko. It comes from Jocko saying... Put one of his OG motivational videos was on this topic of good. It was, and and I still remember it pretty vividly, and I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, and basically, he will he will be able to flip any negative thing that happens into a positive just by using the logic of the word good. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take it another layer further. We're not just gonna f- harp on that word. You choose your reaction really, really starts with this. Everything happens for you, not to you. Another really common mindset trick to play on yourself. But here is where I'm going to take it. When I was still drinking, I used to think that because my eyes are the only eyes I will ever see out of. That I could screw over everyone else. Because what did it matter? I'm not going to feel what they're feeling. I'm not going to suffer the way I'm making them suffer. So it doesn't matter. I'm just going to do it. But that's causing me pain doing that. Because I have empathy. Because, (laughs) Because I understand that Karma comes around. Whether you believe in it or not, it does. (laughs) Yeah. But then here's the thing. It's still true. I'm never going to be able to see the world through anybody else's eyes other than my own. And where I used to think that that meant that I could step on everyone in order to get where I wanted to go. What I've come to learn is that it means that I'm responsible. I am 100% responsible for my own experience. And so when I say those two things I've already said, you choose your own reaction to things, you choose how you react, that is you dictating your own experience. And then when I say everything happens for you and not to you, That's you taking ownership of your own experience. So what are you going to make of that experience? You only have your own eyes. So what are you going to do? Are you going to be a victim? Is everything going to upset you? Are you going to be depressed? Are you going to be unhappy? Or are you going to be the hero? Are you going to be the hero of the movie of your life? I am. I'm not perfect. But if I connect with this version of myself, this persona of a hero who decides my own reactions, I'm going to work on focus every day and I'm going to focus on the good. I'm going to focus on the fact that everything happens for me and that I can choose my own reaction. And so when bad things happen, there is good that's going to come of it. The hero's story is just not over yet. You don't have to just resign because would a hero resign? No. They're going to persist. They're going to adapt. And they're going to choose how they react to bad things happening. And they're going to make the best of it. And one last point on this. Everything that happens in your life, you've earned it. Good and bad. The way you earn good things comes from how you react to the bad things. When bad things happen, you earned them from circumstance. 
you may have earned them from bad actions. But let's assume you're perfect. Ha. You earn them from circumstance. What can you learn? What can you do to serve others? How can you use this to build strength? There's that picture of a fully grown wolf full of arrows. They've been hit 20 times with arrows. Standing next to a baby wolf that got hit with one arrow and died. I think there's like a motivational like picture of that. So that no, I've yeah, that, that's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen that. Yeah, that is a very, very, very powerful image that says with experience comes strength. Yep. But you're not going to get that experience just going through good wins all the time. You get that experience through the hard times. So learn some would ar- some would argue that the hard times are better. <laughs> Right, yeah. And and then the good times when you let yourself realize they're happening. It's a reminder to myself. <laughs> you've earned it. Because yep. you've taken action before it. You weren't lucky. You weren't just blessed. You didn't just have blessings bestowed upon you. You earned it. Because you persisted and adapted through the bad times. And you decided how you were going to react. And you made the most of it. So that's what I got on this topic today. You got anything else, Dan? Nah, man. I think you absolutely killed that one. That's not where I really thought the podcast was going, but I feel way more motivated now. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel feel much better about the day. (laughs) We've done it right then. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So today today is the last day before my new business acquisition we're t minus one heck yeah man these podcasts are going to get way more interesting but in addition i have all sorts of new content creating tools at my disposal starting tomorrow cool actually for a different reason than the closing of the acquisition but it's because deliveries are going to show up to my house and with yeah prime day right (laughs) I I saved like $700 on Prime Day. I bet you did. (laughs) Yeah, very happy with that. So so get ready. There's going to be way more content, crisper, better quality, all of the above. Better better coming along here. And and Dan, where might people find that content? Well, for you, if let's say you get some of that. Oh, for me, for me, for me. Okay, I got you. Uh, well, I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn as Dan LaRue. Uh, Instagram, I am Dan underscore LaRue. TikTok, DLaRue95. I haven't been on TikTok in, in like two weeks. It's um, it's just filled with David Goggins stuff. I, I mean, I would just ignore it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't miss it. I don't understand really the addiction to anyways for um we don't need to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole uh yeah you'll you'll start seeing a lot more content on on youtube as well coming up here soon so our youtube is is we are driven and we post videos called the driven diaries and it's sort of vlogs behind the scenes in my day-to-day and there'll be a whole lot more to capture that isn't bound by confidentiality of in progress deals and mergers and acquisitions right. and just the day to day that that is going to get much more exciting here soon so i'm excited for that if you want any other connection to the the we are driven brand and the driven community we're on discord so you can apply now to join the driven network so send us a message we can send you an application form the driven network's changing a bit it's gone from uh, a paid coaching membership to a free application only community. This is something that I really intended to integrate with the paid subscription portion of the driven network. It's to the point now that the, the value is in the community. I want more people in the community. Money shouldn't be a barrier to entry to that right now. Get in here. We want more people yeah, driven people I, in the community. I want, I want to meet more people. 
want to help you with your problems and what you got going on in life. And, and, uh, yeah, just come chat, just come, come hang chat. out with us. Come chat. We got this big, robust discord server that, <laughs> that could use more activity. Heck but yeah. I, I wanna, want you guys to come in and break stuff so I can fix it. Ooh, there we go. And, and anyways, in the meantime, on a daily basis, without the application or anything, you can subscribe to our daily motivational messages that come out somewhere between like 1 a.m. and 7 a.m., depending on what time zone I'm in. I think I was almost awake still by the time you posted the new one. <laughs> Today? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. It was, a, it was a rough night. All right. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, you can find me, who, again, I'll be posting more personally as well on Instagram, Arun D. Kumar. Facebook and LinkedIn, probably not TikTok. Let's be honest. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah. I had a fun little moment with that. Yeah. You you seem pretty turned off from TikTok and that's okay. I'm not mad about it. Yeah. Very little ROI. Not that the I was big, but very little still. Right. One more reminder. We've, we've got like seven reviews at this point, but we've more than seven listeners. So, Let's hear it from you guys. I want to I want more reviews. I want some feedback. How we doing? And again, share this podcast if you enjoyed it. It really helps us with expanding our reach, getting the driven mindset out there more to more people, building this community, and we all get better because of that. We're all here to support each other. We all have this mindset embedded in our brains and in sharing it that mindset really expands takes over more of our lives and we get better for it. And that's where we should be headed in a world of depressed and anxious people under the age of 30 that really can be pushed way up from where they are today. So I'm excited for continued results on that. And that's all I got. So this has been Arun and Dan. We appreciate you listening. And until next time, stay driven.